All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Korea Pact podcast. My name is Neil Patel. I'm the host of this pod. And on this pod, I combine creativity and impact and hope to give more than I can get. Uh, today, I'm sitting down with Mr. We Do Our Research over here, a.k.a. Danny Miranda. And guys, in all seriousness, he's an amazing podcaster, having done over 350 episodes of the Danny Miranda podcast in a span of close to almost three years now with some of the most incredible world builders, people like Gary V, Noah Kagan, Tom Bilyeu, Brian Johnson, Andy Frasilla, just to name a few. Um, so yeah, Danny, brother, I'm humbled. I'm honored. Thank you so much for coming on and having a convo. I'm so excited. What an intro. I really appreciate it. And this is episode 101. Am I correct? This is episode, it's going to be 102. 102. Oof. Yeah. And and it's funny for for the people who are listening. um, I actually reached out to Danny back in, I believe, March when I was 50 to 60 episodes in. And again, I'm doing a daily podcast for a year straight. And he goes, hey, man, love the idea. Thanks for thinking of me. Do 100 and then I'll come on. (laughs) I got to start filtering. You know, I'm very honored and humbled by the amount of people that want to have me on their show and the way that I I am denoting the the thing that I'm rewarding the most is the reps. And so anybody who could do 100 episodes, I have immense respect for. And thus, I'm appreciative for you inviting me on. And I'm grateful that you stuck with it to get to episode 102. Oh no, we're gonna stick with it. I'm I'm very very uh, confident in that that we're gonna get to this year and then keep building from there because you know I I enjoy this man of just sitting down having a conversation with people, but. Thank you for lighting a fire under my ass to keep going. <laughs> um, okay, so Danny, here's what I want. Here's where I want to start. Uh, most people um, from the outside looking in know you as a podcaster. Again, sitting down with builders, talking with a bunch of people, but um, your story it actually starts a lot earlier, and that's what I don't know if many people know about. So um, let's start with the sunny times. Yeah, and the first newsletter that you would sell to your neighbors at the age of six in first grade. What was that experience like? So there was just something in me that wanted to look at the world and explain to people what that world was like. Like that is at the core of what I'm doing at the podcast. And that idea first came to mind when I was probably six years old. And I was seeing my parents read the New York Times. And I said to myself, wait, wait a second. If they're reading the New York Times, I can create something myself that can that they can read. Why can't I do that? And so I did. I created the Sunny Times, which was my way to take over the New York Times. And it lasted for a few issues. I don't know how many exactly I wrote, but my grandma uncovered them in the past few years. And I was able to take a photo of one and be like, wow, like this creating content has really been in me at a deep, deep level. And it's only just now surfacing to more and more people's radar because of discipline and consistency. But this is just so deep within me to look at the world and want to write about it or tell other people about it. And I'm just grateful that, you know, at 27 years young, more people can discover it and and realize that. So you've been doing this for 20, 21 years. Insane. Insane. And uh, not really, not really. Cause I, I want to set the record straight on that in that, it's been in me to do for 20 mm. years, but there have been periods of my life where I have not heeded the call, right? 
I, there were periods in college where I wasn't creating content. And a part of me was dying because of that or felt like it was, even though I wasn't conscious of that in that moment. So even though it really has been inside of me for so long, it's not something that I acted on all those you. years. So after that, so after you had that first idea with the Sunny Times, I know a little bit fast forward to like around 2010, 2011, mm -hmm. you started doing a New York Knicks blog. Mm -hmm. And when you were 15, you got invited to Media Day and you got to sit down and talk to Amari Stoudemire. And that's incredible. How, how did that how did that story come about? Was it just like you being in the right place at the right time or because, by the way, when. Amari Stoudemire. I'm a huge Steve Nash fan. Like I oh, play, wow. ba I play basketball, you know, my whole life. And he was like the first person that I really admired. And seeing him and Amari Stoudemire play with one another was incredible. So you, at 15 years young, without Amari Stoudemire, what was that like, dude? So it's so crazy because I was. The reason why I started the Knicks blog in June of 2010 was because I saw LeBron was going to be picking a team. And I was like, oh, if he picks the Knicks, then the value of this blog and the amount of readers that will it will have are going to increase tremendously. Mm -hmm. And so there was it felt like at the time a good possibility that he would choose the Knicks. So I started writing in June. By July and August, I had realized that he obviously wasn't picking the Knicks. I found that out in July. And then by August, I had been doing these interviews with reporters. And I figured that was like a white space that no one had in the sense of the, all these reporters wanted to tell their story in some way or wanted to give their opinion, but no one asked them. No one cared about what the reporters thought. And so because of that, I started to gain some traction with the blog because I was like, wow, like a lot of people wanted to know what the reporters actually thought. And when that happened, I emailed the Knicks PR team and was like, hey, this is my blog. This is the amount of readers that come in and this is what I'm, I'm doing. And they were like, cool, come to media day. And I was like, awesome. So I show <laughs> up there, dude, I show up there and everyone's like, who are you? Like, why are you here? What's going on? And it was, uh, I was like, what do you mean? I'm just, I'm here for media day. Like you told me I could come. Like, what's this kid doing here? <laughs> People were like shocked, but it was normal to me, obviously. And a, a lot of the reporters were like, wait, you're the kid that was interviewing me. Wait, you're a kid. Why are you 15? Why are you not in school? Um, and my mom drove me, bless her heart, because, you know, she took off work to drive me to interview NBA players and there was like a fight between my mom and dad of whether I should be in school or should should go to media day but it turned out to be like one of the most impactful things that happened to me in my youth because I realized that this was all due to the power of the internet this yeah. was all due to me creating something that was just a thought in my head three months earlier and then three months later I was sitting down with NBA players I was like oh my god I'm different in some respect or I can create change through the internet and not everyone can do that or not everyone is accessing on that because yeah. I was like, it, this is crazy to me. Like the fact that I was the only 15 year old. So yeah, it was a very pivotal experience. Yeah. Those are, those are two very like key moments in like proving to yourself that like, Hey, I can actually, if I put my mind to something, if I can actually manifest something into reality, which is a, something I know you're big on and we'll get into it in a second. Um, but when I asked you that first question with the sunny times, you said that, you know, you had gaps in your 
time in life where you weren't consistent and there were downtime. Mm-hmm. So I want to read, I want to read you two things and I'll read you those two things. And then, um, I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. So let's go to September 9th, 2019. And you write an email and it says, as you know, San Diego is dope, but I'm in a big time rut. I should be more motivated than ever. I'm in a sick location. I have some stuff, but not everything that I want. But the truth is I have no idea why I just don't feel like doing anything except going to the gym. When I go to work, I have no desire to. I wonder if this is just who I am because I had the same mindset in college. When I think about an agency, I think about or I think I have no experience. So how can I be good? When I th- when I go to think about building a product business, I tell myself I'm not good enough. It's so weird. I know I should be grateful for the job, for the life I'm currently living. And in some aspects, I am. I just don't care to do the work anymore. I say I want to. I say I'll snap out of it eventually. But insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I apologize for writing this email. I feel like a bitch. I debated hitting send multiple times. I'm sorry. Fast forward to June 2nd, 2000, 2020, 5.45 a.m. You write a journal entry that says, life is flowing. Day two of phase two. My brother is starting his 75 hard journey. I am the beacon of light. The past three months have been the period of greatest personal mental growth in my entire life. I'm enjoying the process of meditation, exercise, building DannyMiranda.com. This is a wonderful journey. I promised myself I would commit to the process. So far, so good. When I used to start journeys like this, I would sabotage myself. I find a way to tear tear myself down, but this is the opposite. I'm building my my way up. I'm inspiring the world. I'm having an incredible impact. People are changing their habits and building themselves up because of me. Keep up the great work, Danny. Keep flowing. Keep spreading light and positivity to all who come in contact with you. What happened in those 267 (laughs) days? Dude, what the hell? That's crazy. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for calling that to my attention. Uh, 267 days. That's. Yeah, that's wild. What happened in those 267 days? I started meditating. That's the first thing. I started going inward and I started to analyze the ways in which I had my traumas, the things that had been holding me back, the the ways of being that the 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 ways of being that I picked up on that I didn't like and I was able to recognize those for the first time. I would say from in those 260 to 7 days, I would reckon that I meditated in some way for at least 200 of them. And so for me, that was starting with 20 minutes in the morning. Then that turned into um, 60 minutes uh, in the morning as well. And I started that, I believe, in May. And so meditation was the first thing. But then very closely aligned with the, the mind is the body and working on the body with 75 hard. Although that's really a mental exercise as well. So 75 hard was drinking a gallon of water, doing two workouts a day, reading 10 pages of a book, uh, following a diet of some sort and taking a progress picture and doing that for 75 days straight. I would reckon that I, I did 75 hard in that time frame, maybe 100 or 130 of those 267 days. So you want to know the two big things that impacted my life in that time was one, meditation and two, mm-hmm. 75 hard. And that is what created the change. What was the hole that you were in, like those past traumas and the, and the things that you didn't like about yourself? Yeah, there, there were a lot of things. Um, there were a lot of small things. Like there was no like one big moment. Mm-hmm. There was no like, I mean, the big moment that I, 
I often refer back to is a kid pushing me into a locker senior year of high school that um, I recognized in like the first week of doing the meditation where I was like, oh, like this is a situation I've been holding on to. But that was like an example of a small thing, honestly. Other things were like what like I'd been reading Twitter a lot in 2017, 2018, 2019. And so I'd been picking up some of the patterns and ways of thinking that I was reading a lot on Twitter. And so recognizing those was a big thing for me at mm. that time. Um, but just like small things like other people's perspectives. And really when you sit with yourself for a long amount of time, you realize like, oh, my own perspective is really the most important thing. And I better be following that because this is who I'm living for. Yeah, so. I think I think I think a lot of people in their day to day life, especially when they're young, it's so easy, especially in 2023 to like get like caught up in different like mediums, right? Whether it's like focusing on other people's opinions, doing what your family wants you to do, doing what your friends want you to do. And I think social media, it makes it worse because it's so easy to keep scrolling and seeing things that just really aren't feeding you. And it doesn't allow you to really listen to yourself. Yeah. Well, that's a hundred percent accurate. And I realized at some point, you know, when I started meditating in September, 2019, I was like, oh, wow, all my life I've been living on other people's opinions, perspectives, ideas, and I haven't, I don't even know what I think myself and I haven't processed all those ideas and I haven't processed myself. Mm -hmm. So that was the first time I like to say like 25 years of my life or 24 we're, we're going and externally focused. And then wow. it's only been in the last three or four where wow. it's been internally focused. And if you look at the changes that I've made in my life and the life that I'm living and the gratitude I have and the fulfillment of just being who I am and living in this body of mine, it has been like nothing I've experienced. So I hope my life is a billboard to show people that if you go inward, things will get different. Yeah. And, and it's like, I was talking to a 16 or 17 year old the other week and I was explaining to him like, yo, when do you get your best ideas? It's like in the shower. I'm like, why do you think that is? It's because like, that's the only time you have to not look at a device. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yo, what do you actually believe? The opinions that you just told me are someone else's beliefs. Like, what do you actually believe? And he's like, I don't know. And of course you don't know because you haven't spent any time with yourself because society doesn't program you or tell you to spend time with yourself. So let your life, like in a, listen, there's some people who spend more time inward than they do externally facing. And I honestly think those people are pretty good. Like very monks. peaceful. Yeah, they're, they're very peaceful. But the vast, vast majority of us don't spend enough time looking at ourselves, looking inward. And it's like, when I think about the monks, is there even enough inward time that you can have in your life because like you're if you become a monk you're like pretty internally peaceful a lot of times it seems like yeah so, so yeah yeah so all that just goes to say like look inward like turn this podcast off right now look at <laughs> no for real turn it off guys <laughs> um but why do you think that's so hard for people like looking inward because because you know look this this is what like i'm only 21 right so like mm. i the things that i have like the opinions that i have they may not like i want to put them out there but like there's things where it's like, dude, I'm 21 years old. Like, who's going to listen to me? Whatever. Right. But it's like things that I know, it's like we we know what we should do in our life. Mm. Right. Like the first step, we know what the next right step is. But those simple things, why don't we do them? 
Like, why is it so hard for us to sit down and be like, okay, I'm having anxiety. I'm having negative thoughts. I should probably go on a walk. I should probably meditate. I should probably get off my phone. But the idea of doing that makes people so uncomfortable that they just don't want to do that. And when they don't do that, they keep falling in that negative spiral of those negative thoughts and they just never get out. And that's that's happened to me before. But some of the things that I've tried to implement in my daily life is, you know, meditating. I try to do that every and it's not even it doesn't have to be something crazy. It's literally like do 30 breaths or 40, 50 mm. breaths. Just count those. Right. Write down something in your journal. Do a thought dump. Right. Something I've been doing very recently and I've been very consistent. at. I don't know if anyone does this and I'm probably going to sound really weird for saying this, but I take cold showers in the pitch black. Amazing. Yeah. Like in the pitch black. So what I've realized doing this daily podcast is I need to find a way to constantly come up with new things to talk about and sometimes scrolling social media and being on, on YouTube watching podcasts like that's great. It gives me some ideas, but I get my best ideas when I'm in that uncomfortability and just with myself. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's like spending time with yourself is the greatest hack to get more ideas, to get more internal peace. But the problem is that a lot of times it's uncomfortable at first. And there's like a, a barrier that people have to go over in order to get comfortable. And so, yeah, I think it's the reason why people don't do it is because one, we haven't been trained to. No one, no one said in school, all right, you're just going to spend an hour by yourself. That is time out right? That is like a negative thing. But what if spending time with yourself could give you joy? What, what if it could make you feel happy? What if you didn't need anyone or any stimulus to come in to make yourself feel at peace? Your life would be better. And the amount of people I say to them that, hey, I'm meditating an hour a day. And that is like the craziest thing. Like that is just like, I could never imagine. What do you mean? How, how, how do you do that? And it's like, I was that way too. When I was doing 20 minutes a day of meditation myself. So I understand it. I resonate with it. But it's like, how sick have we become that we always need something to stimulate us at all times? And that an hour with nothing is just completely incredible or otherworldly. Like, no, yeah. this is like this is like your birthright right. to spend time <laughs> with yourself. And if yeah, so no, I don't think any topic gets me as fired up as spending time tell. with yourself because and it's because i think it's like the un, the one unlock that changed my entire life and changed everything for me and it's like if you do it for a year your life will change if you literally say i'm going to meditate every day for 20 minutes i'm just going to sit with nothingness or sit with the thoughts as they come up and watch them your life will change like that is the difference between you and a greater version of yourself for everyone, for myself yeah. included. And I've been meditating for four years. <laughs> I've been reading uh, The Power of Now by um, Eckhart Tolle. And mm -hmm. like, I've been reading that book for like weeks on end, but I like can't get past like the first couple chapters because I keep rereading it. I keep rereading it. And t this morning I was reading it again, like out here outside of my, in my backyard, I was reading um, a section where it was talking about like, the only way to advance in life is to be fully present, like the past and whatever's happened and you having hope or like this idea of the future, like you can't really advance and move forward in life with the life that you want to create if you're not fully present. 
And I literally read those two pages probably like five times. And I'm going to record a full like podcast episode on just those topics because it's just that fascinating. Mm-hmm. You're 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 a reader yourself, right? What what books have you been reading lately, dude? So um, a lot, a lot of books. But on that point, so I did the same exact thing. It's crazy. I, I was 21 and I couldn't. Well, it was kind of it was slightly different because you seem like you're you're more aware at 21 than I was at 21, just based on how you speak and what you're talking about. I tried to read the power of now when I was 21 and I couldn't get past the first chapter, not because I was having trouble understanding the concepts, but because I literally got bored and was like, what the hell is this? Like, this makes no sense. And funny enough, my grandma gifted me the power of now. And then, (laughs) then I gifted her a new earth when I, A New Earth is also by Eckhart Tolle. And that was my favorite book that I've ever read and, or one of them. And um, yeah, that changed my life too, because it just made me realize like that acting with love and kindness is so important to everything. And it's one I need to reread and one that I think I should reread every year. But what am I reading now? I'm reading this book, Think Big by Donald Trump. I'm reading I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. You watch his Netflix documentary? I haven't watched it yet. It's amazing. Is it? Highly recommend you check it out. Like he just goes to he like um, goes to different people's houses, looks at their financials, gives them tips and they like document the process of how they either implement the things that he's teaching them or they just keep going down that hole of debt and financial struggle. I've heard amazing things about it. And he's clearly, this is what happens when you do something for 20 years, right? He's been writing on the internet for 20 years. And, and now he goes to a slightly different medium and everything takes off. And this is like a theory that I have is that when you look at someone like, I don't know, let's say Nelk, the Nelk boys, who you might be familiar with yeah, as of a course. 21 year old man. So Nelk boys create vlogs for 10 years and then launch a podcast. And it's really the podcast that gets them to speak to Donald Trump or speak to the biggest people in the world. It wasn't the YouTube videos. And so what, what does that tell you? It tells you that you change one slight thing with media after doing 10 years in a slightly different vertical and mm-hmm. things change forever. So it's likely based on that blueprint that the podcast is not actually going to be where I find the most success. It's going to be something very close to a podcast that I don't know yet. And that in seven to 10 years is just like, wow, that's the thing that really took it to another level. What's your you take know, on that? I, 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 I can't agree more fundamentally. You know why? Because, you know, I was, I was going to actually talk to you about this like off air, but, you know, I'll, I'll tell you about it now since we're doing it. Why not? I have like three things in my life right now that I really, really care about. Right. And it, or I guess. I guess you could say three, right? Like, so I really, really enjoy podcasting because ever since I was young, I've loved sitting down and talking to people. Like my dad can attest to this, right? Like me at 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, when I was like with his friends, when he like, it's like the dads, the moms and like the kids are somewhere, but I'd always be like with the dads and try to like barge into their conversations and understand what they're trying to say. So it's this podcast and I've challenged myself to do this every single day for a year straight and I'm past a hundred days. So I'm going to do this. So that's one. I love podcasting, but I also love like telling stories and making videos right through like my daily life. And I think there's a beauty in just like 
telling stories about your journey in daily life. So, and I want to put those on YouTube, right? So I want to focus on that. But then I also like short form, right? And things on like TikTok and Reels. And I could do the same thing with this podcast, put it all on that. But the the storytelling in a short form versus a long form versus in a pod, like there's just so many things that I'm really interested in. So like right now, like I'm, I delegate my time very specifically to like each to make sure I can, I'll be honest with myself. I don't know if the qu- the quality isn't going to be there just yet. It's going to take time for that to come. But the fact that that you said that this podcasting thing might lead you to something that's a little bit close to that, and that may be your next big break, I I can't agree more because I I feel the same way with me doing this podcast. I'm like maybe give it five, six, seven, eight years, and then see what happens. Maybe I, you know, do something on YouTube or big content create. I don't know. It's just just take it one day at a time and I'm just following my interests, you know? Yeah, that that's the right way to do it. And I think the the key part of that is like in the, and I've been thinking about this a lot is like in the beginning stages of a journey, it's not going to look the way it'll look even a year later, like just from the production standpoint to, to how it's presented to how you sound. And so, the real key in the early stages of any journey, which I consider myself still in the early stages of my own podcasting journey, is to show effort because effort is rewarded by everyone. Everyone appreciates effort. And so if you can put effort into your thing, people can then put you on a trajectory that is greater than what you currently are because there's going to be people who want to help you when you put effort into something. My video editor currently... He saw the effort that I was putting into all the episodes and he was like, I want to help this guy because I could see how much effort he's putting into the, the work that he's doing. And so for people just starting out things, it's like, how do we put effort into it so that other people can see that we care a lot about this thing and with the understanding and the confidence in knowing that this isn't what it will be a year down the line, but, and that's okay. So yeah. that that's kind of what I've, I've been thinking a lot about, and I think often it's the insecurity from people who, who they have a great vision in their head for what it could be in the future, but they don't, they don't have the confidence to be like, it's not that. And so they don't put it out at all, but that's a huge mistake from my perspective, because it will turn out to be that if you just are consistent enough with the work, the reps. Yeah. The reps. You just got, you just got to put in the reps and speaking of reps, you've put in a good amount of reps on the podcasting end yourself. So, um, you know, you have that, those 267 days of like the ups and downs, you go through your meditation journey and exercising and you get to a level where you're starting to build momentum. And then after you build momentum, you go to, let's fast forward to July of 2020 and you put out a tweet and it says, yeah, hey, who wants to talk on the phone? Um, and then 20 great conversations later, how how did those conversations impact you to like really launch this podcast from there on out dude it was just like i could just tell people enjoyed it tremendously i could tell it was it was leaving an impact on people because every time i heard so many times i was like i love that so much i had such a great time talking to you that was the best conversation i heard this month it's like all right like everybody is saying this over and over and over again and i'm also enjoying it as well it's not like so i'm like all right well what's the logical next step to record those conversations and share it with more people. And then what is a, a shared conversation is just a podcast. So 
Yeah, it was just following the joy of what I was feeling and what other people were feeling as well and trying to replicate it or do it as much as possible. And so in July, I started uh, late July, maybe or late July, I started planning the podcast. And then by August, I had I'd recorded, I want to say 20 episodes as well. Mm-hmm. And then September, I launched it. And yeah, the rest is history. I mean, I was supposed to do one a week. I was like, let me just do one a week and I'm, let me do a hundred episodes. But then I enjoyed recording so much that I was like, wow, okay, I have 20 episodes in the backlog and I haven't put out one at all. So I have to start doing more than one a week. And so I started doing three episodes a week from the jump and was like, wow, this is amazing. And then what, what were those conversations like? Was it just like free flowing? You just got on the phone and started talking or like, did you like know the people? Did you prepare for those conversations or like, was it just like, Hey, let's get on the phone and shoot the shit about something. So some people, a lot of the people I had context for, um, like in the sense of they were following me on Twitter, I was following them, but some people I didn't have context for. And some people were dealing with like really not they, they just weren't in the best headspace. And because I had been in the not so best headspace, like only 267 days prior, I was like, oh, I can help you because I've been there and I know what I did to get out of it. And I was fresh to it. Like me talking about that now is a lot different because I feel really good and I have felt really good consistently for like the last year and a half. So right. it's like, if you feel really good for a long time, you forget sometimes what it feels like when you're really down and because I'd been so fresh, I was able to really help people who weren't in the best place. That's amazing, man. You really, you know, I think it's really interesting how when you're just doing something and you do it for a long period of time and then you get like, let's say, let's say me doing this podcast for like a hundred days straight. And like, there's days where like, you know, I don't want to do it. Or if it's like, I don't have the energy, but then, you know, someone texts you or you get like a positive message being like, Hey, you do like, congrats. Like you're doing it a hundred days. That's amazing. Or, um, you know, this episode was great. Or this video you put out was great. It's, it's so crazy. The impact that you can have on someone and the impact that they can have on you by just like a few kind words. And that is something that I've really, really admired over this journey is like those little things, they go a long way. And that's what, that's what keeps me going. Like, bar none because everyone has a story man every single person from you to me to the fast food worker down the street to the homeless guy like everyone has a story and you know speaking of those stories after you got into the podcasting once you started putting out episodes tell me about episode eight with ed Lattimore and then episode Mm -hmm. 61 with ali abdal and why both of those episodes were like very crucial to how you prepared for a podcast moving forward yeah, you've done your research. I'll give you the. You know, we, <laughs> someone, someone's like, you gotta do. Uh, someone said you have to do. We do our research here. Quite uh, t-shirts, and if when we do print those t-shirts, I will be sending one your way because you deserve <laughs> this. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> That's an honor. That's an honor. Yeah, that's so, okay. We, we got we got a lot more to go, so don't worry. There's more coming. <laughs> So episode eight was an episode I did with Ed Lattimore where I just let it flow. I was like, you know what? Joe Rogan has great conversations. He doesn't prepare all that much. And, you know, it's just a conversation. I could do that too, right? So I did that and I was like, something felt off about that. Like I just felt in my body that there was something wrong with what I just did. 
and I knew I, I knew I hadn't come to the table with enough prep work and enough real research into his life and his story. And I wasn't honoring the moment to the level that I was capable of doing so. So that was one situation, episode eight. And so after that moment, I kind of was like, I got to do research. I got to go heavy on the research. And so I, I started doing that a lot. And then episode 61 with Ali Abdal hits. And I had done so much research on this man. This was my first interview, I believe, that with a guy who had over a million subscribers. I was freaking out. I was like, this is like, this is a big moment for me. This is crazy. Um, and so I really wanted to come prepared. But I came so prepared that I didn't listen. And I wasn't able to flow with the conversation and wherever it would take us. And that, that to me was a huge moment of like, wow, I just did way too much research. And so it was the calibration of those two episodes that really let me know, okay, I need to do a lot of research, but I also don't need to do that much. And I also can let it go a little bit. So yeah, that, those were two big moments for me. How did that, like, how did those two experiences help you be more present with all the guests that you've had now? Right. Mm -hmm. And like, balancing like doing the hours of research versus like letting it flow like how 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 have you practiced being more present in those moments yeah i just asked taylor rooks this like an hour and a half ago so this is a funny question to receive from you as well um it, it's it gave me a lot of confidence because i knew that i'd hit both ends of the spectrum and so when you have confidence, you are inherently more present, right? Because you're not thinking about all the things that you would think about if you were insecure about that moment. And so pu by pushing on both ends, I was like, oh, I know what this extreme feels like. I know what that extreme feels like. And I know that I can get somewhere in the middle. And I know I will come to someplace in the middle because I've hit both extremes. Yes. And so having the confidence of, knowing and hitting both extremes allowed me to be present because I was like, Oh, I I'm going to end up somewhere in the middle. I got this. I think. Um, and, and the reason I asked that question is because, you know, you said, you said something really interesting in the past and this is a quote, like full quote from you. And you said, maybe a life well lived is just worshiping the present moment because if you can worship the present moment, you can be where you are and you can experience life more fully. And I think podcasting is that. And, you know, you've been a perfect representation of that and digging a little bit deeper within podcasting. You've again, same stuff you said is podcasting requires three things. It requires deep curiosity amongst the guests that you are having on. It requires patience, expecting things to take double or triple the time that you expect it takes and the unequivocal ability to listen. So Amongst all those three things and the last 350 episodes that you've done, what's been the biggest challenge the podcast has posed for you? The biggest challenge has been the patience aspect of it. When I'm doing these episodes, I'm getting value from it. The guest often is getting value from it, but I'm not seeing the results of the audience or people paying attention to it. That to me was very difficult to grasp and to sit with because it's like, all right, my advice to people is like do a hundred episodes. And I did a hundred episodes and still no one cared about my show. And I was like, Oh man, like I thought, I thought when I did this a hundred times, it would work out. And so that to me was a good 
lesson in like, all right, this is going to take longer than you think if you really want to do it the way you want to do it. And that was a real challenge for me to overcome. And it really wasn't until my third year of starting the podcast, which was in October or September of 2022, where I was like, all right, I'm going to commit fully to this. Like back to three a week. Yeah. So like that, that's the thing is like, I wasn't fully committed at all moments in the, in the three years that I've done this. And the second year I was making the transition from doing a lot of virtual interviews to doing them in person. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was starting to lose belief in myself. I was like, I've done this hundreds of times now and no one cares. And so like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why, why isn't this working? And I didn't, I was like, could this really work? Is this a, is this a pipe dream? And I was losing confidence in myself, but then I made the, I made the commitment again and recommitted starting the third year. I was like, I'm going to do three episodes a week, no matter what. And it was really in that third year, starting that third year where I did notice a huge difference. I noticed a huge difference in the way and the exposure that the podcast got. I noticed a huge difference in the way that, that people were reacting to it. I noticed a difference in downloads. I noticed a huge difference in the podcast when I recommitted to it and said, I'm going to post Monday, Wednesday, Friday, no matter what, Mm -hmm. because people want to believe in someone or something that believes in themselves. And so when I did have that belief in myself, people were then more inclined to come on the show, to retweet, to share, to to help me out in little subtle ways that you mm-hmm. could only tell later. So yeah, that, that was a huge thing for me. And that was the biggest challenge that I've come across from doing the show. I think that's really uh, fascinating how just committing and manifesting and believing into something can bring something into reality. And, you know, this is something that I'm going to have to transition into eventually with my podcast. What was that transition like? from like what are the nuances of like doing something like this versus in person like if you had to list like a couple things that off the top of your head were just like so much more difficult what would they be one i'll tell you the differences i don't know like what is difficult what's not but just the first thing that comes to mind is you can't see my hands you can't see my legs you can't really tell my posture and you all those things are impacting the conversation and Mm -hmm. all those things are tells or ways of being that you might not be thinking about in this episode or in this conversation because you can't you can't possibly know what my hands are like when they're below the surface and so you could read someone's energy so much differently that's like from a a pure like energy perspective then there's also like the production aspect of it that was probably the most difficult for me where it's like how the camera is set up where the camera is, how it's framed, where, okay, you're doing audio now as well. So like, Mm -hmm. are you going to record those separately? How are you going to record them? Do you have batteries on your, on your external player? Do you have your, do you have your SSDs in? Do like, there's so many little things that it's hard to tell you like what's most difficult, but you realize like, oh, I'm starting at zero now. Like this is basically episode one when I'm doing this in person, which is like great because now I've done 100 in-person episodes. So it's like I just did 100 in-person episodes like recently. Yeah. So that tells you something of like, oh, wow. 
And that's not to say that the skills that you learn from the first, the, all the episodes you did virtually don't count. They do count. And they yeah. are laying the bricks and foundation. But it's just an entirely different beast when you sit down with someone in person. And I think the energy piece of it, if you listen to episode or watch, watch episode 228 with Noah Kagan. Yep. That's the first time that I, I do an in-person show. And I'm like, I even comment to him like, this is different because I could feel the way he was moved by the questions that I previously couldn't have told over yeah. the first 227 episodes. Yeah, there's like a, I think it's crazy how different energy is in, and, and you know, it's something that I'm very excited to feel one day. Um, yeah. Just just one quote that I heard that I always keep in mind is like just the first year or two of podcasting, you're just finding your voice. And yes. again, it's the reps, it's the foundation, it's the brick building. Um, but yeah, so one one thing that I that I do want to touch on that again another you have like a high and then you have like another one of those lows right so before you committed to doing this podcast fully in September of 2022 December of 2021 through December or through January through January 2022 mm -hmm. you didn't post a single episode yeah what was what was your what was your mind like at that point and what was the what was the point that you were at at that time? So the reason for that happening was because I was valuing external perception higher than myself. <clears throat> and more specifically, I took this job, this NFT job, where I was a podcast host for an NFT company. And they're a great company and they're great people. But it wasn't the right job for me and I didn't have enough internal confidence and belief in my own self and podcast to commit to it fully. So I took the opportunity of the job and I eventually regretted it. And oh, wow. what happened was from October of 21 to December of 21, I was doing this job, but I quickly realized like, oh, this isn't for me. This is talking about the drama and the latest happenings in the NFT world. And I love podcasting because it allows me to explore someone's soul. And I don't, I'm not getting that from this job. So that was a big wake up call for me. And it was a, a big moment of like, I committed to these people and I told these people I would do it. And now I, I am not physically capable of doing it. So what do I do? And it caused me a lot of stress, anxiety, upsetness at myself, upsetness, uh, just like in general at life. And so that spilled out into the podcast and the podcast ceased to be for a month because I'd just wasn't committed to it. And because mm -hmm. I was feeling so down and I couldn't give people the energy that I had when I was mm -hmm. feeling in that place. So, um, yeah, that, that's why I didn't, I didn't do the podcast that, that month. And it was a huge wake up call for valuing my internal perceptions and, and looking inward more than the external yeah. Who would who would appreciate it? Extra. Same thing. Same thing we talked about earlier. It's just it's the same thing over and over and over again. It's it's it's, dude, and it's something that like even I am like struggling to figure out, bro. It's like, it's like, why do I keep doing this? Like, what? Like, for what reason do I just come over here and sit down and do this every single day? Because look, before this podcast, like from like one to one thirty, like. I was like doing breath work. I was like trying not to get nervous, had like a little bit of anxiety. But like now that I'm in this, I'm perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I sit down in front of this mic, there's something that happens where it's like, I'm just okay. Right. Yes. And for so many people, bro, and this, this is what like, and excuse my language, but this is what fucking upsets me so much about 
so many people that are young is that they're lost. They don't have, they have this lack of direction, right? They know that, but they're not going to look inwards. They're not going to listen to themselves. They're not going to try something new, take a risk. And I understand like there's so many people in life that don't have that. They're not that fortunate to take risk. And I understand that life situations are tough, but if you're just not doing something for like because of the fear of judgment or what your parents are going to say or what your friends are going to say or what people on social media are going to say, it's like, dude, like what the fuck? Like you're, you're it's going to be, you're going to be 30, 40, 50 years old. You're going to have kids. You're going to have bills to pay. And then it's going to be like, damn, I wish I took more risk in my twenties. And granted, I'm doing this now, you know, even if I don't make money from it, even if I don't, if, if it doesn't turn into something big, all I value, I told this when I was on my last podcast with the guests i was like i want to suck the soul or i want to suck the stories out of people's souls like that's that's what everyone has is a story right so and it has to be it has it has to come out so would you would you still consider that if like someone who is lost in life like would that be your same advice to like look inward and meditate and spend more time with yourself yes there there's nothing greater that you can do to help yourself really understand where you are, where you're losing the battle to yourself in your own mind. Like that's, mm-hmm. and it, it, we're living in a culture that's so externally dominant. And yeah. it's like, so when you need to counteract that force somehow, but mm-hmm. I'm curious for you, why were you nervous? You're saying today mm-hmm. from one to one thirty, you were nervous coming into this conversation. Why in particular? I knew I was prepared. I knew that I had everything I needed to, to be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like the feeling of like, like, dude, what do I deserve to like sit down and have this conversation? Or like, why, like, why, why, why would, um, why would Danny Miranda like want to talk to me? Right. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just something that I've, that I've had. And I guess this is like my first quote unquote, like not to not to say like the people that I've had in the past like aren't um, big or like in the social media space, but like you're someone who I like really admire and I like really look up to in terms of like what you're doing, and it may be because of that, and it may be because of insecurity. But when I'm in it, when I'm actually doing it, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah, I I think listen, I had this for episode sixty one talking to Ali Abdal, so I feel you and relate to you. But at the end of the day. I'm a human being, you know, yeah. and, and the more you do of them, the more you realize, like you might feel right now, like I'm just a human being. And this guy that I was imagining in my head is just a human being that I know. Yeah. Um, and so doing that so many times has given me the confidence to be like, I will talk to a homeless person. I will talk to Elon Musk and I'm comfortable in both scenarios. And that is such a superpower because yeah. I've seen some of my friends who are, you know, big in their own right and successful in their, but when they see someone they deem as successful, they start mm-hmm. to freak out. Mm-hmm. And so that's why podcasting is such a hack and such a skill because you, when you start to realize that human beings are human beings, it allows you to treat humans like humans, which yeah. gets their respect. And so it, it's great that the nerves have gone and I could tell like you're not nervous, but it's, it's also like, how do you not even let the nerves in the first place? And maybe it's from doing more reps, but yeah. maybe it's something else as well. I don't know. It, it's, it's honestly like, um, I'll tell you what it is. I think, I think it's me just having to prove myself 
right, like keeping my word with things. And like, it's like that confidence thing, right? So like when I'm in front of a mic now that I've been doing it every day, there's like a confidence switch that turns on, right? Like I'll be confident, but like with other things in my life, right? Whether it's like me being consistent at the gym or me meditating consistently or me eating cleaner, right? All of those things. And what, when, when you have like setbacks and when you fail to do those things, it takes a hit on like your confidence. And then mm. that you not doing that, right? It can sometimes take a toll into like an episode or with a guest. But one thing I want to make clear is like, I'm, I have a way to like just snap out of it. And when I'm, yeah. again, when I'm doing the thing, I will be perfectly fine and I'll be in it because look, at the end of the day, you're a human, I'm a human, and we're just having a conversation. So yeah, bro, it's just, and this is just me being like vulnerable and open enough to know like this this is just this is just what i need to work on and what i need to work on with my relationships like with friends with my family and then even my partner right who i've been with like with over four and a half years and you learn so much in that time and and i guess the biggest thing is growing up growing up like in in my family we always had um like things weren't always the best right you know mom and dad would be arguing bickering mom dad grandma so there was, I hate, I don't like using the word trauma, but it was more like, I always thought like there was never silence. There was never peace in the home. Mm. So now that I'm older and this is not me making like excuses for why I am the way I am, but it's just like, it's hard. Like I'm, it's, I'm working hard to find that. Yeah. But it's funny because talking to you, I do get a sense of peace and maybe that's just projection, but it's interesting how you've, Maybe it's the breath work that I'm feeling you doing right before. Like, yeah. what do you resonate with feeling at peace? Or... 100%. How did you get to that place? I told my, I told my, um, <laughs> I'll, actually, I'll actually read this to you right now. Um, my, I texted my girlfriend like literally 20, 20 minutes before. I was like, um, I was like, I'm feeling nerves and anxiety. And she goes, That's good. That means something great is about to happen. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that that's so true. And it and, means you care as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like just having the confidence and knowing that I can do what I, what I need to do. And mm -hmm. I feel at most peace sometimes in my life when I'm doing this podcast and when I'm just having a conversation with someone, connecting with someone, talking to a stranger, talking with you, anything, creating content. That is like my, my way of escaping. Like I resonate with that hundred percent. So, okay. Yeah. We got, got a little deep there and I, I, I love that, but you know what? I, I want to know about one thing because speaking of hard times, speaking of like judgment and negativity, I know you keep a little folder on your phone with comments that really hit you deep. Um, cookie jar. Yeah. Your cookie jar. When things get tough. Uh, how did that start? And how's, how's that going? It's going great, man. I mean, I get a, an incredible comment every day. And it's like, um, I feel so, so honored and humbled that my work is impacting people at that level. Um, it's just, it's going great. It's like, I, I haven't looked through it in a while, so I'm just saving them. But mm -hmm. it, it's a really beautiful thing to know that you're impacting people and that like the work is mattering. Like you said, like, when I get a comment like that, it just fires me up and knows that. And it, it's like your oxygen in a way that you feel like, oh, wow, I can keep doing the show forever. As long as I keep getting comments like this, it's uh, it's really special because it's showing you're not just 
shouting into the void or having conversations into the void. Like there are people on the other end who are really, whose lives are really making the conversations, at least making them think about the concepts. So I, um, this was back in April 19th. You like tweeted something out and then I responded to it. And I, I said a quote, I was like, the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of it is to give it away. And Mm. I was like, you're living that quote because this was, you know where this was? I actually, I just remembered this was after you put out the picture of your research for Andy Frisilla. Yeah. And I put that quote out there and then you were like, that hit me hard. Thank you, Neil. And whenever I sometimes like lose purpose or lose direction or anything in my life, I always think about that quote. The meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of it is to give it away. So true. It's so true, man. And it, it's so powerful. And, and it's like, there were times in my life when I didn't know not too long ago. And it's like, for anyone listening, right? It's like, it's okay not to know. And maybe it's just not your time to give that gift yet. I often think about the example of a parent, mm-hmm. you know, my friend just had a baby and he was talking to me the other day about how, you know, all my life, I've known that I'm supposed to be a parent and I'm supposed to guide other men in helping them be parents as well. And everything that I've been doing in my life has been preparing me for this moment. But it's like, guess what? He never had been a parent. So how is he supposed to guide other men in how to be fathers if he himself has not been a father yet? And so it wasn't his time to execute on his knowledge. I, When I was 13 years old, I had a time management blog, right? I was teaching other people about how to be happier and how to manage their time and how to, and and Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, how he's exuding confidence and love and kindness. I wasn't ready to teach that. No one was going to listen to a 13 year old kid about those topics. And so even though it was within me, it wasn't ready to be expressed yet. And even now it's probably not fully ready to be expressed because there's, there are a lot of 45 year olds, 55 year olds, 65 year olds, 75 year olds, Men, women who are saying to themselves, why would I listen to this 27-year-old kid about happiness, right? So it, it is something that you are developing into your gifts and it is something like, it's okay if you don't know, maybe it's just not ready to be expressed yet. Dude, that is that is the exact thing I want to stay on for a second because I, I was listening to your episode with, um, I can't pronounce his last name, but it's Sean. Um, it's literally like your Sean O-U-A-L Olashin, Olashin? Sean Olushin. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot how to say. I forgot how to say his last name. But he is an incredible. He's an incredible yeah. creator. And yeah. I was listening to that podcast, and he was talking about how creating content and doing the things that he's doing. Regard, like he was like sometimes the things that he says and the things that he creates, even he's like a contradiction or like hypocritical because he does those same things he tells other people not to do. And mm-hmm. me doing a daily podcast, the reason I feel that so much is because. Every day I talk about something, right? Like, for, for example, in my mind right now, I don't know what I talked about on episode number 22. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know what I said something in episode 44, right? So it's like me me saying these things and, like, teaching these things or, like, putting my thoughts out there for other people to listen and grab something from. Why Why should someone listen to me even if I don't – even if I don't have my life figured out and I'm saying all these things – is it still valid for me to be doing what I'm doing regardless of me not knowing or my quote unquote lack of direction or anything like that? Because like, what if this thing is what gives me the purpose? Yeah. 
No, it's a it's a great point, but I don't think that just because you don't remember what you were talking about or just because you might not resonate with who you were at episode 22, 22 doesn't mean that it's not a valid perspective for you to put it out there to begin with. You're in a phase right now of growing and learning as someone who is in their 20s is. Like mm-hmm. we're growing, we're changing, we're having new perspectives and experiences much mm-hmm. more so than somebody who's 60, 70, 80. But that doesn't mean you can't help guide someone or you can't help give someone a little bit of knowledge on your path to help them. Like you can, you absolutely can. And just because you don't resonate with exactly what you said at episode 22 anymore, potentially doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's not valid or that it can't help. So I just want to like make that clear for you and, and, yeah. and just understand that each, each episode is just a diary entry of where you are at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's just a place of like, all right, I'm here. I'm at this point right now. You go back to episode 246. I'm not asking questions the same way as episode 146 is episode 46, right? So that's like important thing to know is like you are growing and changing, but that doesn't mean that the perspective that you're putting out at this point isn't correct. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, It's it's true. Like it really, and and the discipline of, of sticking with it allows you to have better and better perspectives. So yeah, dude, keep going. <laughs> you 1000% I will. Um speaking of discipline, um discipline and love, your two guiding principles in life. Um curious, has your definition of discipline or what you consider love to be or like how you put out love changed over time? It hasn't really changed in a, a while, I would say. Um discipline is just sticking through and doing the things you say you're going to do and love is is creating oneness with that moment with that thing in with a sense of joy um that that stayed pretty consistent and i'm not perfect at either one of those but when i'm acting in discipline and love Mm -hmm. i'm living a better life and i'm noticing that and that's it's like the embodiment of that is doing 75 hard and meditating it's like 75 hard. You got to be disciplined. You got to do things you don't want to do even when you don't feel like doing them. And met, when you're meditating, you are quite literally becoming one with the parts of yourself that have not been seen. And you are giving yourself love in that moment. And it's like the warrior and the monk. If you can be the warrior monk, if you can have both, you can attain some level of, of peace internally because you're not just doing things that are are good for your heart you're also doing things that are good for your body your mind and your soul so yeah i'm my definition of those two have have remained relatively consistent over time that's that's incredible and as, uh, another thing like with you being you know 27 years young it's very rare that people at the age of 27 know exactly what they want to be written on their um gravestone and you've said that you want your gravestone to read made the world happier, healthier, and wiser. What is your why behind that? It's just like giving more than you take. And I can't imagine living a life that made the world happier, healthier, and wiser. That wasn't a good one. Like I just thought about when I felt the best, the most at peace, the most excited was like when I was actually helping other people to get better in some respect. That's fascinating. I think 
I think I, I, I find I find a ton of joy in, you know, helping people out just like randomly and without like I think the whole concept of just like giving more than you take like that. That's literally in the intro of my pod is like to give more than I like in hopes to give more than I can take. And mm. that's that's something that I've always you know resonated with. And I hope and I will, you know, live up to that, hopefully for the rest rest of my life. Um, what about your life is hardest to understand for the people who listen to you? I would say that it's it's probably hard to understand that this is all an internal game for me when it mm-hmm. is an external pursuit, right? I'm interviewing people who are world-class, who aren't famous or well-known or who are appreciated. So it might be easy for someone to look at that and be like, oh, this guy is doing this because he wants to be recognized and seen and appreciated. And there definitely is some part of me that wants that. But it's way more of an internal game of, I can't wait to talk to this person. This person is exciting me. And so the fact that people say that I'm working really hard is hilarious to me because I am just doing what is lighting my own heart up. And so I think that might not be clear to people when they first look at what I'm doing as a whole. Yeah. They, they, um, and again, it goes back to like the whole, um, negative mindset and like social media thing, like, Oh, he's just doing this for likes comments and being famous or whatever. But yeah, that is. And since I got a little bit vulnerable earlier, like another thing that I'll say is when, when my friends ask me like, or like, for example, if I'm like, um, like hanging out with them or like playing on on like my pc or gaming or something and i'm like okay guys like i got i gotta log off i got some work to do and if they're like oh what do you got to do i kind of sometimes feel some hesitancy in saying that i'm i have to like in my mind i know i have to okay i have to go record this podcast or i have to go edit this video or um i have to prepare for or a um interview or an episode and i don't know i feel like a reluctancy to say that because kind of like the fear of them being like oh dude like you're like you're not you're not doing anything or you're not um just like that fear of kind of judgment so that's something i still kind of struggle with on a day-to-day is kind of letting people know that like hey this is what i'm doing why do you think that is I think it comes from the insecurity that I think, I think it just comes from like insecurity and I, I can't really like pinpoint it. It's just like, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I personally am not at that level where I could be like to me in myself and like in the heart of heart, this is a job, like this is my full time thing. It doesn't feel like a job, but it is a job and I'm going to do this every single day. Right. So like outside of my, like, um girlfriend and like maybe like one close friend and like of course all the people that i connect with on the internet it's it's like oh yeah like i i just have a podcast right and i don't know man i'm just kind of struggling to kind of find that answer yeah i think you have to and it sounds like you do you have you treat your thing with as much uh belief and respect and appreciation as you would if you were 10 years into the journey And so it sounds like you've had that conversation with yourself of like, no, this is a full-time thing. But then it's like, why is the disconnect in telling other people about it? Because if you really did, if you really believed like, oh no, this is going to be my thing that takes me to all where, everywhere I want to go, 
if you really believe that with all of your heart, you would have more ownership of saying to your friends, no, I'm, I'm going to record interviews, right? Yeah. Like think about a musician, right? Like yeah. imagine, imagine Drake saying like, like, you know, um, I'm going to go record these songs. Like, like there's no belief. There's no confidence. There's no belief there. There's no confidence. And even though he might think in his head, I'm going to sell out Madison Square Garden someday. Like he, there's no way he could actually get to that point yeah. unless he was like, yo, I'm going to make some music. Like this shit is going to change the world. And even if this song won't, I know this song is a brick that is mm -hmm. being laid to create a greater level of music ability 10 years from now. And so once you really internalize that, and maybe it takes a few small wins to get to that point of like, I know like for me, it was like, oh, wow, I had Gary Vian. Oh, wow. That's a checkpoint. Okay. Not everyone has Gary Vian for episode 39. Oh, Ali Abdal. Okay. That's 61. Okay. You know, so like, Maybe it's is those checkpoints that help yeah. give that confidence. And hopefully maybe this could be one of the checkpoints for you because you were nervous for it. It's like, okay, I got Danny Miranda. I crushed that interview with him. Yeah. And so like, who else can I do? Right. And like, oh, I did Danny Miranda. So maybe now I could get this person, that person. And maybe like you need to see it externally for you to feel more confidence with it. I mean, that's how it was for me where it was yeah. like kind of like snowballing. And so. Yeah, it's, def hopefully. it's, it's yeah. definitely a confidence thing. Like when I'm here doing it myself, like I feel all the confidence in the world when I'm sharing something with you or with, um, you know, my partner or even my, like there's like peaks and valleys, right? Like there's times sure. where like you have the utmost confidence to be like, Hey guys, like check this out. Like I just interviewed this guy. Like it's incredible. Listen to it. But then like, if they're like, um, they're like, Oh dude, like, what are you doing? It's just like, there's, uh, Oh, I'm just doing some work that's like the little reluctancy that I have or like the hesitation to be like, okay, no, I'm like recording for this, this, and this, or I'm doing this, or I'm trying to make this video in this way to making thumbnails, like stuff like that. But why do you like, listen to uh, like, do you listen to any affirmations tracks? I love this one by Ray Lewis that I listened to over and over and over again. Someone tagged me in it today. Let me get the actual name of it. And yeah. And I I've listened to this track probably like, a thousand times it's called <laughs> i just want to you listen you listen to it you listen to it before podcast right yeah often i listen to it before my Sahil bloom episode it's called affirmations for greatness that's on spotify Excellent. and it's two minutes and just like on a loop and you will have more belief and confidence in yourself after listening to it enough one thousand percent man you know this is funny this this is like this is great because it's kind of like uh a podcast, an interview slash like therapy session for me. And it's amazing. And I love it. Love to hear that. Um, <laughs> I love to hear that. Th th this is amazing. And I, and I think that's another reason, bro, like that I started on this journey. Cause like the whole, just like learning from someone who's, who's been there, who's done that, who's put in the reps that's smarter, that knows, or not, I guess necessarily like smarter, whatever, but that's just done more, had more, has more experience. That's so like therapeutic for me because when we're done recording, I'm up at night re-listening to like everything over and over and over again. And yeah, it's just a way to build confidence for me. All right. Last couple of things. What do you think is the defining characteristic of Danny Miranda and the reality he has created today? Optimism. The fact that I can look at a situation that is in no way I should be having hope for mm -hmm. and being like, yo, 
I'm going to crush this. I'm going to sell out Madison Square Garden. I'm going to dominate my reality. I'm going to come in here with love and optimism and and appreciation. I think optimism, like take everything away, like optimism and energy yeah. is just like, um, yeah, that that's like a huge, huge like strength that I have that not everyone does. I've come to realize. Yeah, ener- ener- energy is everything, man. Any anytime, anytime I you know, you just know the energy when it's like, okay, like yeah. this person, like they kind of mess with me, but they kind of don't. But then this guy, like, I love his energy. I love everything that he's, he's about. It's, it's fascinating. Do you have any, again, this is just me speaking from like deep, deep curiosity. And I try, and I try to ask this question to every single person that comes on is what do you fear? Like, do you have, what's your biggest fear in life and anything? Yeah. I was thinking about this yesterday. Just, being average being the normal and it's like your your mic cut out looks like thank you there you go yeah yeah (laughs) i when i adjust it sometimes it you're good you're good yeah yeah um being average really like it scares me to no end it makes me so scared it makes me so fearful because i know i'm capable of that reality And I know that I have been at that reality in the past. And I know that I'm actually capable of so much more if I put focus and energy and optimism into something. I know I'm capable of so much greater than average. And I feel this for so many people. And so I see it in myself. It scares me to no end. And it helps propel me to action and taking more action than normal. And when I'm I'm not taking more action than normal, I'm asking myself, why not? If I really cared about it, then I would be doing more than the average person is doing. Um, so, yeah. That's, what is uh, average? I mean, average is, it, it's totally dependent on the context of what you're talking about. Literally, when you're, I'm, I just started running. And so I'm looking at the stats for people who, how many miles they run mm-hmm. on any given week. And I'm seeing like, okay, the average here, based on the Garmin trackers, like four miles a week. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, like. I'm not running four miles a week. Like I'm running. So I'm running more than four. That's a guarantee. So last month was, last week was 24. This week so far, seven. And I'm just like, I, it's just like in my head, I'm just like, I am going to be greater than average. Like when yeah. it's podcasting, most people do what? One podcast episode a week. And so when I'm seeing someone do a podcast every day, that is inherently greater than average. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, when you ask like, what is average? It's just like, what most people do and and then like how can you do more than what most people do yeah yeah there's a reason there's a reason there's a one percent and there's a point oh 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 one percent um that is that is fascinating man because because i think for for most people like they they say they want to live a normal life you know i want to oh like i don't i don't i don't want to do all that i just want to you know find a good job live a life and have some kids, have a nice house. They want to do all that. And that's what they deem as average, right? I think I think for me, what I think, how I define average is you, you keep doing the thing that has put you in a hole. Hmm. And the more that you keep doing that, you're 
you're staying where you are. You're, and like, I think in life where you just stay where you are and you aren't either like failing or growing and, you know, people can define failure the way they want or people can define growth however they want. But when you're just like staying there and you're like in this weird moment of like comfort, consistent comfort over a long period of time, mm. I think that's what average is. And figuring out ways to like break through that, like even if it comes with emotional struggle or mental struggle to come out of that i think that's how you break out of being average and that's why i ask that because like what is average a lot of people like a quote-unquote average life or a normal life yeah it it's interesting because like i wonder if like a marathon runner who's like at the top of the world would define themselves as being average if they weren't growing in some way I don't know. I don't know the answer. And I would love to ask some marathon runners who are like, or just like Super Bowl, like quarterback. Like, is that's so fascinating though, right? Cause it's like yeah. people at the top of their top of their game, like, I'm a huge Steph Curry fan, right? So, like, mm. Steph Curry, he's the greatest shooter in the entire history of the NBA. Like, he has eclipsed every shooting, like, accomplishment and accolade that he can imagine but when he's in the gym there has to be something within him that's like like i have to be better like i cannot miss three shots out of 100 like i have to make 99 and maybe just like that like yes it doesn't like make them average but like maybe that's the mentality that like you have to have to be better it's like mm. okay like i need to break past this barrier yeah it's, i mean it's it's interesting it, it yeah I, I don't know i don't know how steph curry could ever say to himself like i'm an average three-point shooter right like even if he was staying the same like it would not be correct for him to say that yeah um but yeah maybe that yeah who knows, <laughs> who knows? we'll have to ask him well, well hopefully one day all right and uh this thing that I want to briefly talk about, you know, you've mentioned, I feel like you have a very deep passion for this, but you haven't really, um, like in other podcasts and things that I've listened to or tweets that I've read, you haven't really like dug deep into it. So I want to take a brief moment to ask this. Um, what is your first thought that comes into your mind when you think about hopefully fatherhood someday? I think about like, four children. That's the first thought that comes first thought. And the reason I ask that is because um, you say that a lot of the stuff that you do, right? It's like, imagine if like my grandchildren can see this one day, or imagine if my kids, kids, kids can see this one day. So I think, and you've said that almost on all of your podcasts, pretty religiously on the, on the people that you talk to. So it's like, I just, I just wanted to know because me personally, bro, like I can't, like, I think one of the greatest days of my life will be the day I become a dad. And that is far none one of the days that I'm looking forward to in my life. So I th- is that important to you? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right in the sense that I haven't talked about a lot in other places. Primarily, I, I'm guessing because I'm not a father, even though I could talk about like being and how that is something I'm looking forward to so much. It's not something that people ask about because they're like, well, this dude clearly isn't a father. So like, what can he add? But, but to That's, your point yeah. and And the thing that I want to mention is like the reason why the podcast is the way it is, is because I want to help guide people and teach people about the experiences that I have and what more personal way to do that than with a child. Right. So it's like the podcast in a way is preparing me to be a better dad. 
and it is it is something I'm looking forward to so much, and I know it will it will require a tremendous amount of focus and energy and and life force myself. But I'm so excited to be able to take all the lessons that I'm learning and will continue to learn and bring them to a child or children. And the fact that I so many of the podcasts go to parenting, go to the deep, you know, like what makes for raising a great child? How were you parented? That these are like common questions that I often ask. And it's because I really care about it. And I think it's perhaps the most important thing that any of us will experience is like the 18 years we live with our parents and how we're parented. So yeah, yeah it's hugely important. Thanks for asking, man. Yeah. Beca- yeah, dude, because it's, uh, it's something that again, I, I, and I don't know anything obviously about fatherhood. Neither, neither do you, we don't, we don't have kids. Right. But it's like, I, you know, I see how my brother-in-law has changed, like my, you know, my sister's husband, like see, seeing how he's changed when he's become, you know, a father and my dad telling me like all these stories about like me as a kid and my sister as a, uh, as a kid mm-hmm. and hearing all that, it's just like, man, like I can't wait to experience that someday. And, you know, my thoughts around it is always like, okay, like, damn, this thing that I just learned, I'm going to teach that little, I'm going to teach that little kid that thing one day. And, and they're going to, they're going to do some hard work. They're going to learn this thing. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's what, that was honestly one of the most like, curiosities i had about you because because you've talked about it a ton so um the last question i ask i ask every single guest this and since i do a daily podcast um it's all revolved around like deep concepts or like deep questions that sometimes in life like we don't have an answer to is there a question in your life that you have yet to find an answer to that maybe i can explore on a podcast episode and let's like really dive deep into and this is just like you really looking inward I mean, obviously, recency bias plays a, a role in it, but I'm really curious what parenthood is going to be like or what makes for the best parents is some the first thing that comes to mind. Um, could you repeat the question one more time? Though? What is one deep question in your life that you have yet to find an answer to that maybe I can explore in my daily podcast that I do? Yeah, so I, I, will, I will make it about parenthood. What makes for great parents... And or what, what is parenthood, what is fatherhood actually like? Like, you know, maybe, maybe I should have my, maybe I should have my brother-in-law on and talk to him about it because that, that, that that would be amazing. Because again, like I, I I can go deep into it, but again, it's very limited because again, I'm not a father, right? So I got to, definitely got to talk to my sister and (laughs) brother-in-law about this. Awesome, man. Danny, brother, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Do you have uh let let people know where they can follow you what they should be looking forward to and everything that's to come with danny miranda i don't know what's to come and that's the exciting part but the danny miranda podcast is where you can learn more at hey danny miranda on twitter if you made it to this point in the episode shout out me and let me know what you thought and thank you so much for having me man you're really skilled at this i want you to keep going and like really play this out because they're I'm really touched by your research and I'm really touched by your presence. So you're 21 years young and that's incredible. You got the, the mind of a 30, 40 year old in the maturity <laughs> of, and I, I sense that. So keep going, man. Um, and it's really special to get interviewed by you. So thank you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much guys. I'll link everything with Danny down below and I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Peace. <laughs>